Gotta get that good, good beer roll going. Exactly. Let's count. Yes. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. And you know what would help my audio quality is not having a pack of lozenges right up against my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Okay, I hope nobody heard that door open. Probably not, though. <laughs> I, I heard nothing. Okay, great. Well, that's my sweet mate, Imani, and she's the only one in the dorm with me, and she's across the way, so I guess <laughs> the, she- The only one in the whole building? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, in, in our suite. Ah, okay. Yes, my roommate Maeve is oh, with her. Oh, right. I thought you meant, like, when you said sweet mate, I was- I thought you meant, like, oh yeah, this is my mate, and she's so sweet. <laughs> she is! <laughs> I mean, she is, and she's gonna be a great nurse someday. I'm very proud of her. <laughs> Aww. Yay! Good for her. That's what my sister-in-law does. It takes a very special kind of person with a lot of dedication. Yes, so why is there a mean girl to nursing student pipeline? (laughs) (laughs) It's a problem. (laughs) No, you're good. No, I was just saying it's a problem in our society, Christina. (laughs) The mean girl to nursing student pipeline. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. We should all be happy that Quinn went into law and Santana and Brittany went into being gay. <laughs> <laughs> they did not touch on their careers at the end because those two were already done with the show. So they're just like, yeah. No, I... You know what, Tanner, I just realized? <laughs> Brittany is truly a unicorn. She is gay and she can do math. Wow. That's so true. Wait, wait, and she has a good relationship with her parents. She's got the trifecta. She's too powerful! She must be stopped! (laughs) No, she should not be stopped. No, never. We love her too much. (laughs) Has anyone seen that trend in fanfiction where Quinn always goes into publishing for some reason? No, I have not. But... I also will be the first person to admit that most of the Glee fanfic that I read at this point is uh, Glee Reprise, so... Mm. Yeah, the Glee fanfics that I read slash write are still set in high school, usually. Oh, well, I mean, you should start reading mine, Christina. <laughs> I'm currently <laughs> working on a college thing. I mean, Quinn isn't in publishing. She's she's at Yale, and I have her uh, living with the character Spencer Hastings from Pretty Little Liars. It's a fun little crossover. Huh. It's nice how you have cute and normal crossovers, but when me and Lindsay write fanfic, it's like, let's have the MCU crossover with the old gods of Appalachia, and also Ghost Rider fucks the Mole Man. They feel like there is a power hierarchy in that characters from Glee are inherently more powerful than characters from Pretty Little Liars, simply because of what they have had to go through. (laughs) But then consequently... Riverdale characters are at least an order of magnitude more powerful than any Glee character. Christina, this raises a lot of questions, because I'm pretty certain there was real murder in Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, but Pretty Little Liars wasn't written by Ryan Murphy. (laughs) Okay, let's- I'm gonna take that as a sign that we should start the episode. (laughs) Yeah, let's go for it. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christina gonna figure out Why we love the show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me 
loser like me. Welcome to Loser Like Me, the only Glee recap and review podcast located live in Nebraska. Ah, <laughs> uh, Nebraska. Nebraska! <laughs> God bless Nebraska. Sometimes. Uh, anyways, I'm Tanner and I don't have a baboon heart. <laughs> my name is Christina and Rachel Berry is still on MySpace and thus unfit to lead. <laughs> and joining us today is a very special guest who knows what the lesbian sign looks like. It's Harley! <laughs> Yes, and uh, I did not marry a donkey, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) We're young, there's time. I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, I think you're younger than both of us, Harley, so you have more time than we do. (laughs) I mean, I am planning on marrying a Democrat, so I guess I will be marrying a donkey? Oh, it's a metaphor! Oh, okay. I'm gonna have a thought about that when we get there. (laughs) Anyways, yes, it's uh, <laughs> Harley's back, and today we're watching the episode... Uh, I've forgotten it already. Mash, mash off. off. I want to take your mash off. I guess. You want my potatoes? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Not the potatoes! Taters? What's taters? Oh, it's taters, precious. <laughs> Look, Hobbit Day was yesterday, y'all. There's a Hobbit Day? Yeah, it's in in Lord of the Rings. It's the day that Bilbo and Frodo share for their birthday, and is it is uh, September twenty second, and so it's mostly celebrated by people making just inordinate amounts of food and carbohydrates. <laughs> oh, that's cute! So we had the fall equinox and Hobbit Day on the same day. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. also the eighteenth anniversary of Lost and the. 43rd birthday of Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> God, S- Scrappy-Doo is 43? Yeah, 1979. Wow, he doesn't look it. Scrappy-Doo needs to apply for AARP. <laughs> <laughs> or Social Security or something. <laughs> oh yeah. To get us somewhat back on track, again, like Tanner said, we're watching, or we're talking about uh, Season 3, Episode 6, Mash Off. It was written by Michael Hitchcock and directed by Eric Stoltz. Is Michael Hitchcock new to writing for Glee? Uh, I'm almost no. certain Michael Hitchcock is Dalton Rumba from the School for the Dead. Yeah, Scarlet Fever in one ear. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, Scarlet Fever. Mm-hmm. He joined, but I, but this is the first episode he he's wrote.d Oh, it is. Huh. Oh, oh, I, jeez, guys, I'm getting you confused with the other Glee podcast I listen to. <laughs> There's another one. Uh, technically, I listen <laughs> to three different Glee podcasts. <laughs> Well, see, now, as this episode will establish, we must uh, we must all have a dodgeball battle to uh, determine our supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm the youngest here, then I'm gonna win! <laughs> we just keep saying words. There's absolutely no sense in any of our commentary. <laughs> no. I was trying. <laughs> let's, start, let's start the episode! And I thought I was actually the oldest here, technically. Because I'm... Well, I think we we've already had this conversation, Christina, where like I mean I'm I'm twenty six. <laughs> no, I'm older oh, okay. than you. But you're not that much younger than us. You're 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 older than I thought. I thought you were only like twenty two, twenty three. No, I'm gonna be twenty seven in November. <laughs> nice. Happy I'm gonna be thirty birthday. in November, so I don't wanna hear any of your complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am but a young, young millennial. <laughs> Look, we we all know that time hasn't existed since, I'm going to say, late 2019. Fair enough. So, it means nothing. No, it doesn't. Not at all. 
Anyways, what I appreciate about this episode is that I got my worst right off the bat and I didn't have to think too hard about anything else. So let's get into it. <laughs> oh, I already pre-wrote my worst on, on our Google sheet like three weeks ago. And yet you might have to change it anyways. So previously on Glee, everyone's angry. Gosh. And then we yes. open on Puck. Now the premise of the scene I like. <sighs> because, because Puck is at his locker and the Shelby's passing by and he's like giving her a how you doing, look? And she walks <laughs> past him. And then then he books it from his locker, across mm-hmm. the school, like, through one of the secret hallways, grabs a nerd and chucks him off screen, and mm-hmm. then poses at the nerd's locker so that he can give another how you doing look to Shelby. The, the scrambling made me laugh, and it was the only thing that made me laugh in this series of, and this plotline for the episode. <laughs> But then he said, like, while he's doing this, he's talking about how incredibly hot Shelby is and how incredibly hot they would be together, and that he's 18. Totally don't worry about it, guys. Don't, guys, don't, don't, <laughs> don't worry about, about it. it. Oh, don't I'm worry worrying about, about, it. about it. It's fine. So I have a hot take It's not already. fine, Harley. <laughs> it's never been fine. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that hot. Um, well, um, maybe it's a uh, controversial take then. <laughs> <laughs> I still found myself, um, I thought my teenage self knew better than, or knew less better than I do, but apparently my teenage brain is still lingering, rattling around inside of me. There are two wolves, (laughs) one of which (laughs) shuck as a ship is bad, and the other saying, I mean, pretty people should maybe kiss? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, I think I just took psychic damage from the fact that apparently Puck and Shelby's ship name is Shuck. Yep. <laughs> it's better than Pelby. <sighs> yeah. And you know, okay, so like, I will say that even, as much as I despise this plotline, I can find more sympathy for Puck than I can for Shelby, obviously. Yeah. Mm. And also sometimes it is difficult to take seriously when Puck has looked like a 30-year-old man since the show began. Yes. Exactly. And I also feel like season three is peak Puck. <laughs> I miss season two Puck. I, I, I miss Puck who just really loves, her, or who really loved his strong, powerful girlfriend who could and would kick his ass. <laughs> I, I can appreciate season three Puck after the Shelby arc. Once he detaches himself, then I like it better. He, he does okay. have his moments in this arc, which, which I, do, I do have notes about, but, um... Uh, obviously, I'm not condoning this student-teacher relationship at all, like, realistically, but, like, as a television mm-hmm. thing and as the actors, like, chemistry-wise, I'm saying there's sparks of flying and for some reason it just does something to my ship or heart. But I also know, again, two wolves inside of me. This is bad. <laughs> but pretty people. <laughs> kiss. <laughs> yeah. I will say the fa- the fact that there is chemistry is not good. I think you should avoid having chemistry between characters when you're doing a thing like this so that the audience can say, whoa, this ain't a good idea, fam. Yes. I will also, anyways, so my worst is when Puck is saying, hey guys, don't worry about it. He compares himself to Woody fucking Allen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, that was bad. <laughs> yeah. So I'm plugging that into my worst right the fuck now. Because I can justify, not maybe not justify, but I can understand almost everything else that happens in this episode. But I draw the line at Woody Allen. That's so valid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, we then get to go into an absolutely preposterous musical number. Yeah. 
it uh, the the musical number is hot for teacher and it is performed by Puck with all of the guys in new directions except for Kurt and and also Rory. This is Rory watch. He is not partaking in the number because there's no way he'd be able to dance without tripping over himself. That's that's yeah. true. And it's the thing that I liked about this musical number was that it was a fun multiplayer number because <laughs> everyone got to do a little thing like Puck got to do a singing on his guitar and Blaine and Mike got they got to have like spoken lines and also they did a whole bunch of stunts. <laughs> they sword fought with the mic stands. <laughs> Wait, are just are we the mic stands? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're the mic yes. stands. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Brittany and Santana are okay. So like they're not here. Yeah, but oh, they are oh, at the in, beginning yeah, in the sorry. first part because the number opens when Puck is talking about Shelby subbing in for geometry, mm-hmm. and all I can think about is what color underwear she's wearing. And it's like it pans from Puck to Finn, and he's like, "Dude, did you do your homework?" And Blaine is like putting gel in his hair. <laughs> Mike is like drumming with his pencil sticks. Santana has gone full do revenge, like bl- shades on blowing bubblegum, and then Brittany <laughs> ties a necktie around her forehead. Mm-hmm. I love that bubble pop done by Naya. It is perfectly timed. It is so good. It really is. It's so good. And the one gloved hand, like the silk white glove just there for no fucking reason is everything to me. It's there for the culture. And I actually mm-hmm. really like this performance. <laughs> Um, I think it's really fun. I think it's one of Mark's best mm-hmm. for the season. I, I I will say, this is definitely one of those musical numbers where you can tell that they were having a lot of fun performing mm-hmm. it. Which is good, because it always makes the performance more authentic, you know? I do have some background character notes for this number. Go for it. So I noticed that Kurt looks incredibly bored. <laughs> He's not at all supportive boyfriend. <laughs> um, and also, he's wearing one of those hats with ear flaps for some fucking reason. Because it's supposed to be October in Ohio. Valid. Quinn also looks incredibly bored, and Rachel looks so worried. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, let's be real here. Out of the teachers that are at William McKinley High School who have been named, it is currently Will Schuster, who Rachel had a crush on for an episode. Emma Pillsbury, who is dating Will Schuster for some godforsaken mm-hmm. reason, uh, <laughs> Sue Sylvester, <laughs> Coach Beast, <laughs> and oh god, and Shelby, who is Rachel's bio mom. <laughs> yeah, she does not have a good list of suspects here. No, she doesn't. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> but she's also sitting near Quinn, so this is Ben Harley's the Barry watch for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then I guess it makes sense when, like, after the number, she's like, Mr. Shu, that was so good, but I'm not sure if her song about fucking a teacher is appropriate. And Will is just like... She doesn't say it was so good. She says the drumming was so good. (laughs) Which is cute. Yeah. And then Will's like, it's okay to sing a song about fucking your teacher if that wasn't what the song was actually about. And then Puck's just like, I love Van Halen. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, Puck, you liar. Oh, Will also has it way too eager of an expression. Like, you know that, like, little, like, lift he does when he's excited that just looks way too creepy on Matthew Morrison's face? He- <laughs> I- I am choosing to believe that it is Will who is just 
overjoyed by the fact that the Glee kids did a musical number without any prompting. <laughs> they did this on their own. Yeah, but Matthew Morrison's face just makes it look wrong. <laughs> Christina, I want to counter that with my theory, which is that um, of all those women teachers that or women at the time teachers that you listed, Will has kissed or flirted with all of them. Yes. That is categorically and unfortunately true. Um, this is also the part in my notes where I just wrote, it's sinking in how many of the characters in this show have been in relationships of some kind or another. <laughs> just like, wow, this isn't even like a tangled web we weave. This is this is the yarn at the bottom of your yarn basket. <laughs> it is so tangled and complex and I hate it, kind of. Kiss fewer people. <laughs> at least in Glee. Outside of Glee, do whatever you want. I don't care. Sure. Uh, I was going to make a joke about my personal life, but I won't. Anyways. <laughs> uh, instead, we'll talk about someone else's personal life. Uh, Sue Sylvester has made a campaign ad about Bert never denied having a baboon heart. So maybe he does. This is their attempt at trying to do politics. It is a muckraking campaign ad, and it looks like it was done by somebody who just really loves Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> I know, because if they liked that, they would have tried harder. This is this was probably made by Ian Brennan in 10 minutes in Photoshop. I yeah. see that. I see that. Not even Photoshop. It was in Flash. Anyways, um, remember <laughs> last year when Sue was the only person to comfort Kurt during Bert's heart attack? <sighs> Vaguely. I mean, everyone else tried, eventually. <laughs> yeah, but she was the only one who did it in a way that was, like, not godly. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So this is kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is why I can never get behind Sue, because there's not even internal consistency in her being mean. Mm-hmm. So it stops being funny at a certain point. It's just like, wow, you're, yeah. you're bullying the kid that you centered an entire anti-bullying campaign around. This is great. Mm-hmm. She centered an entire political campaign around bullying the dad of the kid... That, that she specifically gave up power to try and help more directly. Yeah, she went above and beyond for Kurt, and then <laughs> she basically, the writers were like, let's just shit all over that right now! It's fine! It's fine! As they do. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Like, look, in the United States, we are currently recording this in the lead-up to a midterm election, and I don't watch much live television, but I understand that this is Glee, and so everything has to be more hyperbolic simply by nature of audacity for comedy and drama, but no, just no. <laughs> I'm fine with the hyperbole, it's just the specific, like, the fact that it's Sue targeting Bert, and when Kurt comes to say this is terrible, she's like, whatever, it's politics, you should also play dirty. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. She does tell Kurt to punch down. Or at least lie. Like Brittany, who's promising root beer fountains and robot teachers. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for that, I just... Was this why you had a root beer, Harley? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was hours before I even saw the episode. <laughs> no, Aww. I just happened to, um, you know, I just happened to order a bunch of soda for BJ's, so... <laughs> I have had this bit, like this, like two scoops of vanilla ice cream in my freezer for like a month. <laughs> so I just, I was like, it's gotta go. I feel that. That was me and, uh, that was me with my ice cream in my freezer and making peach crisp. 
But for that scene in particular, I just, I think for, yes, for like every scene where Brittany has just a comedic moment, I've just put Brit has jokes and jokes is just under double underlined. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God bless Brittany. <laughs> so true. And I believe Rachel is still on MySpace. <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And therefore is not fit to lead. <laughs> Never has, never will be. (laughs) Is this the part where we get the scene with Will and Shelby talking about like, hey, sectionals are coming up, huh? Yes, this is that scene. That's basically it. (laughs) Yeah, like, let's do some friendly competition. This is around the time of the sixth episode of the season. What if we did some mashups? Wow, groundbreaking. <laughs> Glee doing a mashup revolutionary. <laughs> Never been done before. <laughs> okay, but but these mashups though. Yeah. No, one one of them is great. I, I would oh, say two of them are good. I would say three of them. Yeah, you know what? I have definitely played them all back at certain points. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. The mashups in this are generally pretty good, but there, for me, there is one that blows the others clear out yes. of the water into the yes. next state. Fair, yes. fair enough. So true. <laughs> but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in an episode where we have no idea what we're doing. We are getting ahead of ourselves. So, <laughs> an episode of this podcast where we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> Revolutionary. <laughs> <Not> breaking. <laughs> Stunning. Okay, so, the clubs, they're in the auditorium, and they start sniping at each other. Specifically, Santana is making fun of Finn's weight. Put Mm -hmm. a pin in that. Yeah. (sighs) And then Will and Shelby crash this uh, slap fest with a rendition of you and I and 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 you and I it's a whole bunch of everyone making eyes at each other. It's like Will and Shelby are making like, haha, we made out one time, eyes at each other, and Puck is trying to be suave. Oh my god, his pining face is kind of adorable, not gonna lie. Like, Mark Seiling is actually like, it's it's very believable. I think it's very believable and honestly kind of cute. My note here was, does anybody besides Will and Shelby know that they had a fling? Or is Rachel just sitting here spiraling? <laughs> Probably. Maybe both. <laughs> but the part of this musical number that just feels so weird is that it's exclusively Will and Shelby singing. Everyone else is just kind of stuck there vibing. Which, there's a lot of just scenes of everyone like reacting. Like, Artie tries to do like the concert. Like, we're gonna wave our arms back and forth. Like, we just don't care. And... I just wrote down here that it's nice to just see Sugar doing business in the background. I also have, Tina has not said a word, and we're like 11 minutes in, and also Blaine's hat slash Newsy's vibe is good to me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't think Tina says anything in this episode. She sings. She gets to- She sings? She gets a solo. She has a line when they're talking about what they're going to do for their mashup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One line. Also, remember how uh, You and I by Lady Gaga is technically performed by her male persona, Joe Calderon, and her mermaid persona, Yuyi? No. No? I've actually never seen the music video, so... I've seen it once. Remember when Lady Gaga showed up as Joe Calderon on the MTV Music Awards and said that he <laughs> pleasured himself to a Britney Spears poster? No. No. I have no memory of this, Tanner. 
normal 2011 events. <laughs> Look, I I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be clear here. <laughs> Most of my exposure to Lady Gaga's music has been through Glee. And that one video of the behind the scenes of I think it was Poker Face. The one where they're doing like the revolving shot around the center of the room and it's just people hustling behind the camera. Remember when Lady Gaga was a guest judge on So You Think You Can Dance and she told the dancers how when you really like someone's performance in ballet, you throw your shoes on the stage? And then she leaned backward and lifted her leg up and she had a massive boot on and everyone started cowering in terror. No! No! Oh my god! She does make a handsome drag king, though. Not gonna lie. For real? Yeah, I'm into the hair. Anyways, the point of this situation Mm -hmm. was to tell the kids that you're gonna mash off against each other. This whole time the kids are like, don't you dare make us do a survivor merger tribe. And they're like, no, no, you're just gonna fight each other. with Well, I mean, that's mostly Mercedes. And I kind of love that for her, (laughs) though. She doesn't want to go back to being in the background, and I love that for Mercedes. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She gets some good bits in this episode. She does, she does. Mercedes gets a gold star for being the school's most normal girl this entire episode. (laughs) Mercedes is the most Mercedes she's been in a minute. Yes. (laughs) That is true. But yeah. I forget what the next scene is, but it's... It's it's the seasonally appropriate Puck leaves a pumpkin on Shelby's desk. (laughs) Oh, because my next note is shot of Mark's butt. (laughs) (laughs) Harley, I think you have a problem. Harley, you have your priorities. I don't understand them, but I but I acknowledge that they are yours, and I'm not gonna yuck you guys. Fair enough, fair enough. But it really was, it was like a close-up shot, and it was just like, what, what's happening? Like, it was just a very seductive, like, camera look at Mark's butt, and I was just like, I, I was caught off guard, honestly. <laughs> I guess the reason the cafeteria was out of apples is because they were all in his jeans. <laughs> I'm trying to play in your space. It's not working. That's fair. That's fair. Look, I think Har- I think Harley has the market cornered on standing puck. Thirst? Yes. I will leave you to it. Anyways, let's absolutely uh, rancidize the vibes of this scene with Puck saying like, Hey, Shelby. You're pretty sexy, and I'm 18 and have been with many older women already. Which was really when Shelby should have started panicking more. Here's Uh my issue with Shelby in this whole plot, is that she tells Puck, Oh, this was a mistake. But she's not trying very hard to push him away, in fact. No. If anything, her body language has indicated, Oh no, he makes me nervous. Which is not great at all. Yeah. My only note for this scene was Puck tries to seduce Shelby with the fact that Beth needs a dad. Categorically false. He's 18. He doesn't know shit about shit. I know. I know. Doesn't know when he's being manipulated. Yeah. Wait, who do you think he's being being manipulated by? Quinn? Shelby. Shelby? No, Shel- well, he was being manipulated by Quinn, but then Shelby is, old- Shelby is older and has of authority power over him. So her manipulation has, like, trumped Quinn's manipulation. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. You know, if the genders were changed around and also they took this plot seriously, this would be an extremely harrowing, like, Hallmark movie event. Not yes. Hallmark. Or, you know, uh, just Ezra, uh, Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's basically, like, half the plot of the first season of Scream. 
and Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> I do not know either of these, so I will take both of your words for it. And that one arc in Degrassi. I wouldn't know, but I believe you. <laughs> yeah, we got two Americans on the call, Tanner. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess Degrassi was made illegal in America after they said that abortion was real. <laughs> oh god yikes yes yikes speaking of yikes well actually no it's the the yikes the the scene has finished shelby go back in your box come back when you want to be like weird among another teen again in five minutes yeah puck is like hey baby girl let me assemble a crib at you oh my god (laughs) hey babe let's go to ikea i can carry all the flat pack furniture Okay, actually, hang on. To, to jump ahead to the scene where the crib is being assembled, but it shall be doing the assembling while Puck minds the child. And Puck says, sorry, I didn't know it'd be one of those just pictures catalogs or just pictures in the instructions. Not, not, to, not to be rude to Puck, but I feel like he'd do better if the instructions were just pictures, sweetie. <laughs> I didn't even notice that part. I was distracted by cute baby. <laughs> Well, and also he said it was in a foreign language, so it was from Ikea, Tanner! <laughs> okay, yeah, but I, most Ikea catalog... I, I keep saying catalog. Most Ikea, like, construction things are, like, no words, just pictures. It's just mm-hmm. miming. Yeah. I had to assemble an Ikea hat stand. That's the end of the story. I had a hat stand from <laughs> Ikea and I assembled it. I, I was wondering if it was going to go anywhere. <laughs> the moral of the story is that Ikea has furniture with manuals. <laughs> All right, friends, I'm redirecting us back into the plot of the Glee episode. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> okay. Let's steer back into traffic. <laughs> New Directions plans out their mashup. Tina gets her single line of the episode, which is something about, like, Oh, Finn, what do you think we should do? And because they're, they're all tossing out band names. And Finn's like, no, all those bands broke up. We should pick a musical group that's stayed together. And he suggests doing a mashup of Hall and Oates songs. And he also suggests putting Rory on lead. And Rory was like, oh, no, man, I don't want to do that. And then Blaine turns around and he's like, no, you should believe in yourself, Rory. And then Damien has like a face journey behind him. And like, like, oh, my God, Darren Chris just told me that I should believe in myself. <laughs> oh, my my dad just talked to me as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I love this scene. I would just like to point out also that they put more they put more effort into planning this mashup than they do planning their actual setlist for sectionals. Yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't that always happens, Tanner. I know that's what makes it funnier. <laughs> yeah. This is a wholesome scene, but yeah. also I have notes about Kurt's hat in this scene. <laughs> Good, yes, let's hear it. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. So I have Kurt is in writing hat, and then I have, does he write English? Kurt equals horse girl? <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I think Kurt is only interested in it for the aesthetic. Yeah. I think if you put Kurt in a hundred yard vicinity of an actual stable, he would pass out. Yeah. Bonus episode idea. We break down which Glee kids are horse girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them is obviously Brittany, but... Uh, yes, obviously, but yes. I, I said bonus episode because otherwise we'll be here all night. <laughs> that's yes. true, that's true. 
This is something that we cannot litigate if we want to get sleep tonight. That's true. That's true. This is the kind of energy that we only get when we're recording after dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, my next note just says Quinn didn't come here to make friends. She came here to steal a baby. Oh, I have Quinn's characters not here today. <laughs> <laughs> my notes for this scene were just schemes. <laughs> Let me join the trouble tones. Yes. Right at 1.32 p.m. Yes. See, I would I would argue that she's still very much in character if you accept the headcanon that she has postpartum depression. The issue is that the writers don't think that she has postpartum depression. They just think she's quirky. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, because Terry was quirky in season one when she wanted to steal a baby. <laughs> she was so quirky, so guys. So quirky. So crazy. Everyone on this show was really quirky. <laughs> God. <laughs> God, now you can... That's how you know that this was a direct pipeline to Riverdale. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I do have, like, a semi-heartfelt note for this scene, which is that Quinn, Quinn mentions that she wants to be able to hold Beth without her crying. And, like, honey, you know how that happens? It's called you spend time around the baby so they recognize who you are, and it's not just some random Quinn off the street who does who you don't know trying to pick you up. <laughs> It's like, no, you have to spend time around the baby and then they like you and then they go, hold, they go pick me up and lift their arms up when you're around them and then you are legally obligated to pick up the baby. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's freaking adorable. It is. But yeah. And then we have an attempt at trash talking. Oh my god. <laughs> Sweet baby boy. Oh, Rory. He's doing his best. <laughs> my son and my shorter son. <laughs> Well, to be fair, Damien McGinty must actually be pretty tall because he's he's not even with Finn, but he's pretty close mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. does stand above Santana. <laughs> yes. Even if she is, like, quickly shortening him by putting him feet first into a belt sander. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we need to explain that this, this whole scene is because Rory and Finn are upset that Santana keeps nagging Finn. And so Finn introduces Rory to the concept of trash talking. And he says, oh, is that when you talk about trash? <laughs> and he's like, no, it's when you try to psych each other out and get in each other's heads so that people mess up in sports. they don't have that in Ireland at all. <laughs> they would never have such a thing as trash talking in Ireland. No, that would be crazy. <laughs> Everything is innocent and pure in Ireland like Rory <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe it's because when they're trash talking they're only doing it towards the english and so rory doesn't recognize that it's something that can be directed towards americans as well yes i think we should have had more scenes of rory being pissed at the english yes <laughs> yes absolutely <sighs> but yeah my only other note for the scene was that they tried to trash talk santana it's not very effective no and also we get uh, we get a mention of Santana's grandma apparently having been really, really abusive, like calling her garbage face and telling her that she's like not wanted or something like that. I'm pretty sure Santana was just exaggerating for the vibe because mm -hmm. we do later get to we, in two weeks from now, we get to meet her abuela. Also, like point out the fact that we know that she was exaggerating her home life, like Lima Heights adjacent was yeah. basically a facsimile to make her seem more gangster. 
and she's not nearly as tough as she sounds. A case in point, getting fucking ruckused by Lauren last year. Yeah. God, iconic. Like, when Santana says that her grandma was super, super mean to her, I imagine it's just, like, normal family snarking. Oh, so you think she had the, uh, whatchamacallit, like, the the Meet the Robinsons boy who got sad because he thought everybody hated him. <laughs> yeah. No, not even that. It's You know how sometimes you playfully insult your family, not in a mean way, but it's, like, ha-ha typo in the group chat level of stuff? Yes. Ah, eh, vaguely. Yeah, so that's why the, the, that's the relationship Santana has with her grandma. It's just fun little barbs at each other to keep them on their toes. Mm. They're not in an abusive household. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm very glad to hear that. Like that's what I'm I think I not not to not to put you on the spot, Christina. I do think you're reading too much into it, and I think we have to accept that. Like Santana, like exa- Santana's exaggerations of her reality scales with glee. That's a fair point. <laughs> Like, in-universe, she scales it up to make it seem more dramatic and to make herself sound tougher and cooler than she is. Yeah, that kind of tracks. Because of her high insecurity, she would want to seem, like, you know, the biggest, toughest kid in the playground. So that really, Mm -hmm. really tracks with her character. I I see, I see, I pick it up what you're putting down, Hannah. Yeah, and I I, I will put a pin in this note for, for next week when we get into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I don't think that she's actually an abusive household. I think okay, she's good. just saying that to make. I mean, I highly doubt that she was genuinely affected at all by the insults from Finn and Rory, respectively. Say you look like an assless J Lo, and you're skinny like all the crops died in your family's farm. <laughs> Irish. So she's just using. She's just saying stuff like that to Uno reverse card everything back at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so they agree that, like, sniping at each other in the hallway won't solve anything, and but also neither will having a mashup contest, so they should sell this the old-fashioned way. Blood sport. <laughs> with a dodgeball singing contest. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. But before we have sports, we have to have the reminder that, hey, people are going to college after this season's over. <laughs> I mean, well, we get a reminder every episode. The scene actually, like, got me really emotional. <laughs> oh, I was, uh, I was more amused slash, <sighs> come on, about it. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of, like, for me, because uh, Rachel has been just told that, like, the only thing that she's valued for is her talent, and, like, that's kind of the validation she seeks from Shelby. So Shelby finally, like, giving her that validation is, like, a weird, like, little art completion for her. I'm not saying it's the healthiest art completion, and it's not very well done because these writers really don't know how to do this whole birth-mother relationship thing, clearly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I do think it's really interesting to to watch this character dynamic play out. And, like, if they actually, like, took the time, this moment, I think, in a different show or in a a much brighter (laughs) timeline than the one we are living in, this moment could actually be earned and genuinely sweet. Mm -hmm. May I say the part that I found funny? (laughs) The, The part that I found funny about the scene was that Rachel... The reason why Rachel and Shelby are meeting up is because Rachel needs letters of recommendation... Uh, for her application for Niata, and she asks if Shelby would write a letter of recommendation for her, and then Rachel presents one already <laughs> written to Shelby and says, "All you have to do is sign." And 
Shelby just barely skims this letter before reading it. And I just, I want to see this letter that Rachel wrote about herself and what she thinks her bio mom would say about her. Yes. <laughs> but then after Shelby has, Shelby tells Rachel, hey, I'm proud of you. And Rachel's like, oh my God, somebody was proud of me. <laughs> they have a nice little scene. And then Rachel's like, actually, would you like to write? Your own recommendation letter <laughs> in your own words and not mine. <laughs> and I think it's kind of funny and a little bit sad, but also very Rachel. Yes. <laughs> this is a very Rachel moment. And I also have mm-hmm. another Rachel moment that I wanted to talk about in the sports scene, <laughs> which I call the Kurt slash autism coded moment of Rachel. <laughs> because it's... it's Wait, Kurt has the autism? Or oh, Rachel, Rachel has, the, has autism? the autism, but Kurt is involved. Oh, is this the part where Rachel and Kurt are getting ready for dodgeball and Kurt is just sitting there very upset? Yeah, and Rachel is, as a person who is on the spectrum and, like, has interacted with a lot of people on the spectrum, Rachel doing this thing where she comes off as very, very self-involved at first, and it's really her just trying to connect with Kurt to say that she misses him, (laughs) just really just made me laugh and was like, wow, this is, like... Very autistic of you to do. <laughs> and for Kurt to completely misread the situation, you know, obviously, you know, getting upset because this seems like her shoving her successes in his face when really this is just her trying to connect in a very mm-hmm. bad way. <laughs> because, like, this this whole scene of them talking before Dodgeball is Rachel checking in with Kurt about how he's doing with his Niata applications and Kurt is kind of just sitting there just like, I feel like this is the part where he's already kind of decided that maybe he's not going to go to Niata, <laughs> but hasn't told her about it. But he's also, I think, upset about the presidential campaign because Rachel says something like, why are you like, I like, I don't like that we're not talking. And Kurt says, maybe you should have thought about that before you walked all over me on your way to the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Which like for Rachel, especially previous episodes rachel that's not necessarily an inaccurate statement no not at all i've been distracted by imagining the autism creature with rachel berry hair (laughs) the the autism creature you haven't seen the autism it's this little four-legged guy with the neutral expression oh maybe i have seen them i have not i have not heard of this autism creature (laughs) i think i've seen this creature but i never had any context for it (laughs) It's, I don't, I don't know how it happened. It just, also known as TBH or Yippee. God, this podcast is going to be imparsable to people five years from now. It's my line. (laughs) Aww. I don't know how, but they they became the mascot. (laughs) It's like a slide evolution of the Among Us guys. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) And I mean that in a positive way. Love them. <laughs> Who needs a puzzle piece when you have this little creature? That's so true. <laughs> Should have been our mascot all along. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's time for the curse of Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <sighs> this it, it's it's the dodgeball game. Time for big game and dodgeball and also a mashup. I'm not familiar with this game of dodging balls. Are there any rules? <laughs> yeah, don't die. <laughs> they sing, hit me with your best shot, mashed up with one way or another. 
It's good. It's very good. Also, Artie's goggles, 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I was distracted from the music by just how chaotic this is. Because, like, we see, I think it was, like, Mike and maybe Blaine pushing Artie in his wheelchair with his goggles. And he's holding up a dodgeball to fend off the other dodgeballs <laughs> that are being thrown at him. There's a lot of jumping <laughs> The Trouble Tones wreck house, though. <laughs> and there's a really fun part with the descant where it's Santana and Brittany and Mercedes like doing like a power trio walk towards new directions with dodgeballs in hand. The strut is everything. <laughs> they do that while Naya is singing the And when the lights are all out. And she did that for women. She did. She did. <laughs> and the gays! <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All of us! If a straight guy appreciated that, I think one part of that sentence changed by now. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys heard of uh, the whole Lion Quinn thing? The, the what? The no. Lion no. Quinn? Well, this is apparently the origin of the Faberi fandom's Lion Quinn. Because if you look at Diana's expressions throughout this... Oh, she's... <laughs> hmm? She is murdering her face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there is like this very like very cute like meme now um that developed because of this dodgeball sequence because Diana is be aggressive be be aggressive. <laughs> so like they've just started they started doing like memes where like I am Lion Quinn hear me roar. So it became a huge thing in the Faberi fandom at the time, which I only found out about this recently. I've been in the Faberi fandom a while, but, you know, mm -hmm. Tumblr has archives. and <laughs> I mean, look, if dodgeball is a way for Quinn to work out her aggression in a healthy manner, maybe she should keep doing it. I agree. It. <laughs> like how in Mean Girls, they had Regina George take on like lacrosse or rugby or whatever it was. <laughs> Oh, it was field, it was hockey. field hockey. Oh, field hockey. And she ended up in a pile of girls, which is totally heterosexual. <laughs> Can you imagine how different a Shogli would have been if Quinn took up field hockey? It hurts me to imagine Tanner. <laughs> I want it. We were, the world wasn't ready. <laughs> don't wish. Don't start. Wishing only wounds the heart. It's true. <laughs> Look, look, Harley, play in the fanfic later. <laughs> I gotta finish this one first. <laughs> I'm only four chapters in. Uh, anyway, it's time for this little Irish boy to be annihilated. That's true. <laughs> Kill. Because, God, it's like, Trouble Tones win because Santana gets just a beautiful dodgeball straight to Finn's face. And for his part, Finn is like, yeah, hey. Good game. You guys win. Cool. We'll see you at the sing-off part. And Rory steps up to say something and they're immediately like, DIE! And he does not get to dodge the balls. He is bombarded by the kickballs. Mm -hmm. He's never balls. taken balls to the face before. <laughs> and then Kurt runs up to help his son because his nose is bleeding yeah. now. He's like, maybe this is how others treat us here and here, but we don't do it to each other. We're better than this. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, the humanity! <laughs> you, Tanner, you know what I just remembered? <laughs> what did you just remember? We're six episodes in the season and we haven't seen... Oh, God. We haven't seen Sam. 
As in, yeah. as in Sam future Joe the Christian. <laughs> yeah. As they like cart Rory off to the morgue, in the background you can hear Sugar go, we still won. <laughs> and I think I think someone says like, Santana, we took that a little bit too far. And she's like, nah. Yeah. Well, that's what the next scene is. Because we go directly into a Trouble Tones rehearsal. Mercedes walks in and uh, she's like, They're doing lip buzzes. An actual <laughs> warm up. Yeah, so Mercedes walks in. She's like, y'all, I have the best idea for a mashup. Adele. And Sugar mm-hmm. says, I sound just <laughs> like her. And Brittany says, she sounds like what banana cream pie sounds like when it sings. Not if, when. <laughs> when. Yeah, I, I honestly love this. This was another, um, Sugar is my queen, and then I have Brit has jokes again. <laughs> I have a thing here, and I'm just going to say it now for trivia. So the part where, so Tanner, you just said that that Mercedes says, I have a great idea. We should sing Adele. It wasn't Amber's idea. It was Adele's idea. What? Adele? As in, according to Wikipedia, Adele apparently filmed a, like, she she recorded a video message of some kind to Amber Riley saying, I want you to sing my songs on Glee, please. They emailed it to Amber, and then Amber took it to Brad and Ryan. <laughs> oh my god. Amber, this is Amber, a call shot. Adele I want you to sing a mashup of my songs in it. I love it. I love it. Now I want Amber and Adele to do music together. Of course, that would probably cause, that would be so good that it would cause some kind of space-time continuum warp. Probably. But it wouldn't be any worse than what we've got right now. <laughs> but anyway, there's also this part where Mercedes is like, hey, or no, Santana was like, oh no, I get to be the, I get to do Adele solo because I'm the leader. And Mercedes is like, no. No, no, no. What happens? Sorry. Sorry to correct you. But no, you're good. Go for it. What happens is uh, Mercedes says, we're going to sing an awesome Adele song. And Santana's like, that's great. You guys can sing and I can focus on personally killing Finn for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Mercedes says, calm the fuck down. This is supposed to be a friendly competition and you're sounding genuinely mean right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the point where Mercedes gets it like, Santana's like, who voted you leader? And Mercedes is like, democracy now! And the <laughs> democracy now. And everyone votes for Mercedes except for Brittany because Brittany hasn't seen any posters <laughs> for Mercedes. Exactly. And Shelby's like, also, maybe don't be bullies and just beat them with your normal powers. Mm-hmm. And Mercedes makes a point there, too, where she's basically like, look, Santana, like, you are still a star and you need to focus on or you need to focus on not bullying Finn and use that energy and channel it into your performance. And Santana is like, oh, I guess I'm going to And But you know what wins her over is Brittany going... Stop the violence. It's everything. <laughs> like, that had to have been an ad lib on Heather's oh, part. Oh, for sure it was. Yeah. That's a for real smile on Naya's face, too. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's kind of standing there and she's like, nah, okay, fine, I'll be nice to Finn. But only because Brittany was being cute at me. Yep. At his next scene, she immediately approaches Finn to insult him. Can I actually uh, take this scene? Yeah, go, go for, for it. it. I'll have an addendum after, but I want you to take lead, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got um, Santana saying she's going to apologize, and I love how Rory immediately decides he needs to defend his big brother Finn. <laughs> his senpai. <laughs> Which is, is so cute. 
And then we have Santana being mean to Rory just tickled me in this scene. Um, the mm. shut your potato hole, I'm apologizing. Or, um, shut up and ship yourself back to Scotland. Just all of those iconic lines. Love them. And I really wanted to take the scene because uh, this is a, was a huge debate in the Glee fandom um, when this happened. The holy wars started by this scene. Mm-hmm. Wars. Mm-hmm. Full on wars. In the wiki, on Tumblr, everywhere. The great debate of season three, Santana versus Finn, is what I have it entitled in my notes. Because Santana has consistently been fat shaming Finn. And she has now decided to take that into the um, time when they were intimate, which is not great. Don't love it. Body shaming. Don't do it, kids. It's wrong. It's bad. It's mean. It Mm -hmm. doesn't make anybody look good or feel good. Mm -hmm. But when Finn snaps, and he does, and this is, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying nobody should stand up for themselves or not retaliate um, in any way to, to bullying, because I get it. But Finn makes a deliberate decision. You see it in his eyes. The way Corey's jaw locks. This is a character mm-hmm. decision. And Finn says, Santana, why don't you just come out of the closet? And the world stopped. I yep. stopped. Mm-hmm. My heart stopped. I remember I watched this episode live, and all of the lesbians and this tiny little not-quite-out-trans man said, Oh no, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because he really gives her a dressing down that is is plain, mean, and cruel, and just extremely deliberate. It is a decision he made right then and there to tear her down, and Santana is for the first time in a while, completely speechless. Now, we've only seen a dressing down like this for when, uh, in the Valentine's Day episode in season two, when Rachel basically mm-hmm. said that all you're good for is working on a pole, which I find it very fascinating mm-hmm. that Finchel are the two people that decided that Santana needs to be put in a, in a sad little corner and cry. And I'm not saying that Santana was right for what she did. Body shaming is never okay. But Finn doing this in the middle of a hallway, attacking somebody's sexuality mm-hmm. that they have not yet addressed publicly, and is a deliberate decision, is awful. Nobody wins here, guys. There is no debate. The debate was wrong, but it was a different time. It was a different time. We were all young, and some of us were very, very... <laughs> sad and lonely little lesbians who just needed to defend our leader, Santana Lopez. I get it. Yeah. But body shaming is never okay either. And I rest my case. No. <laughs> yeah. And I, I agree with essentially everything you said. I just, just to expand on it, I think that, the, yeah, the way Finn, like, locks and snaps Santana, that was, uh, like, the correct directing and character choice. But I think, like, with the earlier insults, like, the constant dressing down that she's giving him, I do think we could have gotten more if, like, Finn, like, we could see that it's actually hurting Finn and that it's wearing him down. Because for the most part, Corey is either just, like, taking it or he's, like, trying to smile it off. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't come off as, oh, I'm just smiling through the pain. It's like, haha, I'm Finn Hudson. Do, 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 do. And 
there's nothing that justifies it. It's an unjustifiable yeah. action, but I think it would have been more understandable that, like, he's been pushed to this point by Santana that he just wants to hurt her. And it's because it is the thing that's like, body shaming is wrong, but I wouldn't. But if I were to make some of, if I were to make fun of someone for the way they looked, that wouldn't make other people realize they look a certain way. But as opposed to if I were to out someone that all of a sudden everyone around knows that that person is queer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. hmm You can't put the genie back in the bottle with that the way you could calling someone fat and being mean about yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I do, like, obviously, the other thing that could have made the scene play a little better is if we saw any ounce of regret from Finn in the immediate aftermath. Like, if maybe he does all that and, like, after, the, like, the dopamine rush of finally taking down the girl who's been mean to you, you realize, I've done a horrible thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think it would have the scene would have worked better if it came like right after the mashup performance that New Directions does. Like if it had gone mashup out Santana, the other scene, and then the Trouble Tones mashup. Because there's coming this early, there's too many scenes of Finn being like, "Yes, I was the victor in this scenario." Like, no, honey, you shouldn't. No. And it's hard. It's a little. It's a little hard to sympathize with you because you feel so hunky dory about this. Yeah, there's there's no trace of regret, which is I think why like there was such a heated debate about it because mm-hmm. he he does not seem to really have any remorse throughout the entire episode. Yeah, it's like okay, he's a big idiot and he doesn't realize that his actions have consequences until the following week. But like mm-hmm. the that maybe that makes sense for his character, but it doesn't help with the audience and it doesn't help put the narrative in the great position that you're trying to put it in. It also just doesn't help to... It, you're really, like, putting your male lead in a different box than you put him in in the first season already by doing this. You're turning this this guy who's, who's a little off-kilter, but he's a good kid. How are we supposed to believe that anymore if he's doing that? As somebody who is genuinely a bully but has shown to be a sympathetic character and has a complex narrative... Mm-hmm. You're giving her a sympathetic backstory, and yet... <laughs> I only have two thoughts about this. One of which is, I just... I, I really want to applaud uh, Naya and Corey's acting. Yes. Because yeah. it's good. And the other thing that just occurred to me would have been, like... I, I feel like it would have been cool to have had a scene with, like... I don't know, Bert and Carol, and maybe even Kurt talking to Finn. <laughs> maybe this would happen between this episode and the next one, who knows, but... Yeah. That's something where it, it maybe could have been improved by having responsible adults talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't add much more than what uh, Harley and Tanner have both already said, so <laughs> I'm going to not hit my microphone and leave it there. Okay. Anyways, Donkey Bride. <laughs> donkey! Uh, Bert tells Will to do his goddamn job. <laughs> I think I like that this. was awesome. Yes. <laughs> Will, you pathetic cuck of a campaign manager. <laughs> If if you weren't busy supervising Kirk, he could have assassinated Sue a week ago. <laughs> if Kirk was the campaign manager, then it would have happened. That's true. Yeah. But Will's like, no, Bert, you're in the morally correct area. You can't play dirty. And Bert's like, I want to back over her with my car. <laughs> he should have done it. Just get Mercedes to help put some tots in Sue's windpipe of her car. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, let's destroy the Lacar all over again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next scene is just 
Puck and Shelby are hanging out, and Shelby is building the crib while Puck is babysitting. And it's very cute. It's the Ikea scene you mentioned before. The only thing yes. we did mention is this is when Puck tells Shelby that Quinn was trying to get a CPA? CPS. CPS? Child Protective Squadron. Yeah, no, a CPA is taxes. <laughs> Oh, we forgot to mention earlier that uh, I finally deciphered my Quinn note from earlier, which is that she wants to join the Trouble Tones, and Shelby's like, maybe. Oh, yeah, because Quinn wants to get into Shelby's good graces so that she can bond with Beth and spend time with her and get her baby back. Rips. Yes. Okay, yeah, so we, we, we did talk about that scene, just not the part where she's trying to get into Shelby's squad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, so, so it's at the mash-off. And Santana and Finn do a rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Real quick with the Puck and Shelby scene. Okay. With the shuck? (laughs) In this scene, Puck, he he talks to Shelby about how, like, look, Quinn and I might be her bio parents, but, like, you're her mom. Like, whether that's by God or nature or just, like, things that should happen because they're supposed to happen. Like, you you are her mom and that's never going to change. And... I, I just hope that maybe I could be a part of Beth's life too, which I think is, it's kind of sweet. <laughs> I actually put that uh, Puck character growth right there <laughs> as a note. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for the mash-off. Rock, paper, yes. scissors. They do the rock, paper, scissors. Meanwhile, like, Shelby enters and she, like, gives a fucking death glare to Quinn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and New Directions wins rock, paper, scissors, so they get to sing first for their mashup, which means they're doing it. On one day, and then Trouble Tones will be the next day, I'm assuming. It must be. That's the only way this timeline makes yeah. sense. I guess so. They've mashed together I Can't Go For That and You Make My Dreams by Hall and Oates. Uh, missed opportunity not to put out of touch in there. <laughs> November 15th, 2011. Was that a Thursday? Was it? I'm checking. No, it was it a was, Tuesday. I thought it must have been a Tuesday because it was the day after my birthday that year. I had just turned 15, guys! <laughs> I was on my way! (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, here's an episode of Glee. Honestly, that was the best gift ever back then, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. So they perform the song, and the boys are dressed as Hall and or Oates. Mike, Puck, and Blaine all have fake mustaches. And very fluffy hair. Oh yeah, it's it's the Jerry Curl. (laughs) Quick thing, I just need to talk about Naya's face. <laughs> oh, I just, I'm gonna be honest, I was kind of spacing out during this musical number. There is this moment of shock on Santana's face when the number starts. And it's just a deer in the headlights of, oh dear god, what is this thing happening in front of me? And it is delightful, and it makes me laugh every fucking time. <laughs> Oh god, I I have this number pulled up on the Glee wiki, and they note here, During the performance, Puck can be seen giving Shelby sexual stares, while Shelby notices Quinn and how some of the lyrics Quinn sings can be directed to her. Yeah. Oh, Glee wiki, you sweet summer child. <laughs> I, I just appreciated that the, they did some fun dancing, but also there was a part where Tina and Rory got to sing lead as a duet, and they just kind of stood in the center because Damien can't dance. <laughs> they kind of do some dancing. They, like, get on their knees, and then they point their knees in a different direction. I wasn't trying to do the Irish accent that time. It just came out. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of just bop around the stage. 
But there's also, I think, a part where Quinn and Finn get to sing lead, and it's fun. Yeah, Good for them. I like I like the small Quinn bits that we get in this song. <laughs> it's the only Quinn bits we get. <laughs> well, we get a lot of Quinn bits, just not singing. The trivia for this page also on the Glee Wiki mentions this is the first time the Quinn has sang in the entire season three. <laughs> Woof. Woof. <laughs> At least Diana's hair looks amazing in this scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Also, Tina and Rory are so, so cute. I really like them together, and I wish they had gotten to sing more in this season. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Uh, now it's time for the student present debates. Remember remember that plot? It's, it's, ha- it's still happening. It continues <laughs> to happen. Yeah, maybe this will be the end of it. Who knows? <laughs> oh, no, wait. We have to do the election itself. <laughs> Next episode, ah. and then we're done with it. Thank God. So, yeah. <laughs> Such a magnificent turnout reflects the school's passion for democracy. Cut Yay. to practically empty bleachers. <laughs> also a reminder, it is against school policy to pass gas into jars and sell in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> ah, God, I love Iqbal Teba. Doing so good. So, this episode's gone real long, so let's break down this debate because it's not going to affect much of anything in the future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rick the Stick Nelson is there. He's the hockey boy with a mullet. And he mm-hmm. says that the teachers should do what the students say because their parents pay for the taxes. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Yes. Uh, Brittany says that she will make tornadoes illegal and would go topless on Tuesdays. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Kurt has been wearing a unicorn hat, but he doffs it. He states that he wanted to address the problem of obesity, but his opponents have been using smear tactics, so he's going to confront the dangerous sport of dodgeball. Yeah. Honey... He should have done an anti-bullying as a campaign. He could have. He could have just done anti-bullying, but he's like, no, dodgeball is a threat to society. You know that game that we all love and only went wrong because Santana was on a power trip? (laughs) You know that game that almost killed my son from the future? (laughs) Dodgeballs don't kill people, Kurt. People kill people. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, and then Rachel's platform is, I'm dropping out. Vote for Kurt because he's never done anything wrong. Yeah, and she finishes her piece, and no one is clapping, but then Bird starts clapping. No one because... gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, and is this Praxis? <laughs> I don't know what this is. This is... <laughs> That's so Rachel. <laughs> yeah. She goes up to Kurt after, and she's like, hating you is exhausting, and I, I should have dropped out when I got the lead. I just want you to have a, a cool, fun extra thing. On your uh, transcript, yeah. so that you have just as much a chance to get into Nyada as I do, because it's not worth to go if you're not there. You get a resume booster, I get a resume Aww. booster. One for you, one for me. Which, I don't know, it would have been nice if we'd had more than one previous mention of this character development for Rachel, but you know what? Sure, why not? <laughs> I think Rachel should be humbled in every episode. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Motion passes. <laughs> the votes are in. <laughs> ah, democracy. So in this next scene, Quinn shows up at Shelby's house with a gift basket, mm-hmm. and Shelby says, "Leave." <laughs> Quinn says, "Like, hi, Shelby. I would like to see my baby." And Shelby has like the baby monitor because like Beth is clearly like down for a nap. And also because Quinn didn't try to tell Shelby ahead of time that she was coming over, but Shelby also apparently has not been picking up Quinn's messages or calls. Yeah, basically like, I tried texting you asking to come over and you never said it was a good time, so I've surprised you. Yeah. <sighs> it's a step uh, It's a step below 
being normal about this, but it's a step above climbing in the window. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And basically Quinn is like, I want my baby back. And Shelby's like, you have no idea what it means to be a mother because parenthood is about deciding and making the effort to have like your child's needs and life have to come and well-being have to come before your own. And Quinn calls... Do we want to say what Quinn calls Shelby? I can't remember what she calls Shelby. A cash whore. Yeah. That's right. You sold your baby. For having been a Quinn. surrogate parent. Quinn, you also almost sold your baby. Ah, but she didn't. Yeah, but Quinn's doing the Quinn thing where she retaliates because she's feeling very attacked right now, so she attacks two times harder. <laughs> Uh, she should have come over with a dodgeball. <laughs> Lion quit attack! <laughs> but yeah, and uh, Shelby does the right thing, which is to tell Quinn to get the fuck out of her life. Get out of here! <laughs> get out of my life! <laughs> and this is the part where they should have put in uh, the musical masterpiece, Leave, Get Out, by Jojo. <laughs> now we get back into the shit. <laughs> So, kids, today we're going to learn why you shouldn't out people in the middle of a hallway. Or anywhere, really, but especially in the middle of a hallway. Lesson number one, it's a shitty thing to do. And here's why. We're about to explain it to you. In song! No, that would have been... Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine if they had a whole musical number? (laughs) Oh my god. It would just be that one one musical number, like, but I'm not gay or whatever from Avenue Q. Oh my god. (laughs) If you were gay... But I'm not gay. <laughs> Pain. Anyways, so. Yeah. Brittany asks Santana, like, yeah, at this point, even Brittany is saying, hey, Santana, maybe you should be nice to Finn. And Santana's like, not in your goddamn life. And then Becky calls her into Sue's office and Bert and Will are there. And all three of them are like, hey, are you okay? We can help. We know people who've been through this and you can talk to. <laughs> And Santana's like, I need some fucking context. You're all being real weird. Yeah. So Reggie the Sauce Salazar has sent Bert a copy of the newest campaign ad because he has a niece at McKinley who overheard a conversation, quote, quote, between Santana and Finn. And Mm -hmm. this whole commercial is like, basically, it's a hit piece on Sue saying that Sue says she has nothing to hide, but she's married to herself and she has a lesbian cheerleader working for her. See this lesbian cheerleader? And they show a picture of Santana and they point. This is a lesbian. This is the lesbian <laughs> sign. There's also the, the number for the pizza place in the corner the entire time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I want you to ignore the fact that this, this is a glee and so this ad is just as unhinged as the baboon heart and donkey stuff. Because the point is, this is an ad that has just gone out to the entire state of Ohio outing mm-hmm. Santana. Mm-hmm. And she has not even told her parents yet. Yes. And as is... A completely reasonable response. Uh, Santana runs out of the room crying. But an unreasonable response to this is none of the adults come and get her and check on her to see if she's okay. Which I know is for dramatic effect. Speaking of which, can I take the last last number, please? (laughs) Can I do a quick segue into it first? I'm trying to imagine the scene where Will does go after Santana and he's like, Santana, I know you're hurting right now. But the treble tones need to perform, so you need to get on stage right now. No time to decompress. No time to deal. Go. Go. Fucking go. 
Yeah, and I'm Harley, I'm okay with you taking lead as long as I can chime in Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Okay. I cannot stay silent about this music. No, no, I get it, I get it. Same. That's the thing is so first of all, the drums as she is running, they begin the drums. And it's so good. And then you've got Mercedes on lead vocals, and I'm already screaming, I'm ready. This is one of the best mashups in Glee, period. By the way, this is also Glee's 300th performance total. Uh-huh. It oh, earned that's, it. That's why it has the power. All the power. <laughs> the power! Choreography. Just the looks between Brittany and Santana while Santana starts singing her section. Oh my god, because clearly she's had a conversation with Brittany backstage and Brittany just looks so sad. Heather is giving me these sad puppy eyes left in the rain and it hurts me in the best way possible. Oh god. <laughs> I remember. I remember this was like one of the few songs released before the episode aired and so we didn't have any context and me and my friend were discussing it and we saw those looks and we thought that Brittany and Santana had broken up in the episode mm -hmm. so that's what we were waiting for mm -hmm. we were not prepared no it's just god it's just it's so good because it's a mashup of rumor has it with someone like you two songs by the same artist but I would argue it is it it there's just so much emotion and passion and grief in yes. the song too because it's like it's not just like it's yeah mercedes being like yeah hey like like rumor has it that new directions suck but also santana being oh god the rumor it's just it's it's very good and the acting is great as well as the choreography so is great and the vocals are just so good Amber Riley, Naya Rivera, I can't go wrong. Never go wrong. The thing is, is I believe that someone like you could have been just a sit- You could have done a number with someone like you. I don't think you could have done Rumor Has It without someone like you for this number. Mm-hmm. Well, it would have been a completely different song. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's such an incredible thing. And just the moment when- Santana sees Finn whisper in Rachel's ear, and the way Naya's jaw twitches. Oh my god! <laughs> ten out of ten. It just mm. it it just chills, chills. Cause I know it's coming now. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. And then you've got that moment where Corey and Naya are acting against each other, and I do believe this this slap actually wasn't planned. Okay. The first so time it wasn't, wasn't planned. planned the first <laughs> yeah, can time, I yeah. talk about the slap? Because I was watching the behind-the-scenes video mm -hmm. last night. So yeah, so the slap was not planned. But but like while they were like planning for this, like the confrontation shot after the song ends, it's amazing. We stand forever. Uh, send to like the minute it ends, Santana storms up to the edge of the stage. She jumps off yeah. the stage. <laughs> she jumps off right in front of Finn and Rachel, and she's like, "What did you whisper in her ear?" Uh, I was saying how good you are. Like, do you tell her too? No, he was literally just saying how good you are. And she's like, everyone knows now, huh? Everyone, my whole family. <laughs> everyone knows, not just school, everyone. And then she slaps him. Now, the story of the slap is Eric Stoltz, the director, before they shot this scene, told Naya, you should slap Finn after the accusation. Slap him for real. And Naya's like, uh-huh, okay. Now, I'm not always fond of directors giving wait, people directions like this. Wait, wait. 
Wait, Eric Stoltz is in The Menace? No, Eric Stoltz is in the guy who almost played You're Marty McFly. Eric White. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank, thank you mm-hmm. both. Though, again, relevant, because I was about to say, I'm not always a big fan of directors giving people directions like this, but I prefer it to be a slap than a kiss, which sounds weird, but I stand by it. I do too. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, yeah, you should slap Finn for real. You also probably shouldn't slap people for real, but this is a glee, so we'll accept the drama. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Naya's preparing, and while she's doing her whole, like, thing, Kevin McHale is sitting behind Corey, and he's just going, do it. (laughs) Do it. Slap it. (laughs) Yes! I didn't even see that. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to. It would be off camera. <laughs> ah. So she smacks him. And they, like, the, she smacks him and everyone's shocked and that's, we fade to black. But of course, in the filming, they have to get her from the other angle too. So they're filming again from behind Finn, so mm-hmm. then get it at the other angle. And while they're doing this again, now it's Corey going, hit me, hit me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because they were, they were good, good friends in real life. So they're allowed to slap the shit out of Corey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in Naya's words, he got rude boxed. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think it means when you slap the shit out of someone. <laughs> I suppose that is rude boxing. But yeah. And then we just cut to black after the slap, which is good. Yeah. Incredible. I have I have some small bits of trivia about this musical number. Alright. This this video and that was posted on YouTube of this musical number got like 6.1 million views on YouTube in eight days. And this is YouTube of 2011. Oh shit. It was the most viewed song on music from Glee Viva, which is like the official account at the time. This, like this got like actual like charts, like it charted for musical like purchases and performance and stuff. Um, Also apparently Adele herself very much so approved of this of this mashup, which is good. Amber Riley, it's me again, Adele. I'm so proud of what you did with this song. It was brilliant, in it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure every Glee song that charted after the first season was one that had Naya in it. Good. Get fucking wrecked. Honestly, <laughs> your Spanish ain't shit. Oh, also, last bit of trivia. Apparently, uh, rumor has it someone like you. Won an award on the Glee Wiki for one of the best songs, as it should. Oh, I remember those awards! <laughs> so, I mean, good, uh, good for it, but I was about to say those awards are kind of meaningless. Yeah. But, well, at least it has a badge forever embossed on its page. <laughs> I guess so. How much research did y'all do into behind the scenes for this stuff? Did you see the part about the, the entire mini plot that they cut, apparently? No, huh? This episode was supposed to include, like, a flashback, apparently, to teen Sue Sylvester singing Oklahoma. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember, oh, I remember that right. in real time, honestly. I remember that plot being cut. Yeah. They were trying to make Sue a sympathetic character. Like, look, she wanted to be in musicals and someone told her she wasn't good at music and now she hates everything. But apparently they just cut the whole thing because they're like this this episode is too long <laughs> and this this subplot adds nothing yeah yeah i don't i don't i don't know what else to say i don't have any other trivia to add yeah i think i think we've reached the part where we start giving out gold stars to our favorite songs i think we all have the same favorite yeah. song do we want to say it all together <laughs> yeah count it <laughs> three 
two, one. Rumor has it, it someone you like and you. I, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, rumor has it, someone like you. <laughs> As I like to call it, NBC's The Slap. <laughs> no, put it back, Tanner. I'm trying. The color changed and I didn't like it. <laughs> We're dueling in the spreadsheet. <laughs> dueling spreadsheets. It's like dueling banjos, but for podcasters. <laughs> Music aside, Harley, what was your gold star moment? Huh. I think my my gold star moment, honestly, was Santana's face when the Hall and Oats <laughs> the burst started. Because <laughs> it just it just sparks joy every time I see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Christina, how about yourselves? Uh, Naya and Corey's acting, hands down. I was gonna make it be Bert telling Will to do his goddamn job, but do your fucking job, William. <laughs> that's that's Jake's favorite. He's not here. Yes. But he is in spirit, and he's saying it was that. My favorite is Stop the Violence! <laughs> yes! <laughs> that was also very, very yeah. great. And then, I already gave a slushy to Woody Allen, and Christina, are you sticking with a slushy on Finn? Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna stick with this with Finn, no, just because, like, like we kind of discussed, like, this is something that would be plausible, but, like, again... He didn't have You don't to. like that it happened. No, I really do not like that it happened. <laughs> Harley, how about yourself? What moment in this well, episode do you I mean, smash with that slushy? To, to be different, I'm actually going to say there was a moment between Shelby and Quinn where I think Shelby, as the adult and as an educator, could have reacted a lot more maturely than she did with how Quinn was trying to be like, I need a baby! <laughs> I think <laughs> I want my baby. That Shelby could have acted a lot more maturely than she did. Just again, just as an obligation as an educator and as a fucking adult. So a lot of the uh, things that she but... said to Quinn are not something an adult should say to a high school student, a child. Uh, but Harley, yeah, this is Glee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still gonna p- give it a big old slushy. Fair. Goosh. <laughs> Ew. Splat. <laughs> Squelch. Yeah. And Squish. on that wet note, uh, Christina, wanna take us out of the episode? Yes, of course. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at LoserLikeMePod on Twitter and at LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. Next time, there will be girl kissing, <laughs> I believe. Damn, this is Glee Season 3 Episode 7 is so great, I wish lesbians were real. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I'm gonna be real here, I don't remember much else except- Aside from the fact that I'm sorry, Harley, that you're gonna miss what I feel like was probably a favorite- Probably good Faberry moment. I I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just remembered real quick. I remember one last bit of trivia about rumor has it someone like you. I just remember that one of the backing dancers in the Trouble Tones, one of the unnamed Cheerios, was referred to in the Glee fandom as shoulders because there was a part where they do the shoulder shimmy and her shoulders were very well defined and the people that I follow were like. Her name is Shoulders now. And I'm like, just refer to her by the actor's name, but it's fine. Good for her. Hey, when you get a fandom nickname in Glee, that's when you know you made it. That's true. (laughs) We love you, Neck Brace Cheerio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But 
Until next time. No, did, did you do where we can be found? Yes, I did the whole spiel. Okay. Okay, I, I blacked out. <laughs> oh, God, Tanner. Uh, speaking of cutting to black immediately, three, <laughs> two, one, and... And that's, that's what, what you missed on Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and sleeves, cause you're listening, you're listening to loser like me. Loser like me. Loser like me. Loser like me.